We don't like conflict. It's better. It drives people apart. Sometimes it causes marriages to fall apart. Sometimes families to fall apart. Sometimes communities to separate from one another. But it is a reality of life. There's no person who can say that I live my life or I've lived my life without being in conflict, without being in an argument, without having a difference of opinion with someone. The Prophet also had moments of conflict. There was a period where Nabi remained away from the Ummahatul Mu'mineen, the mothers of the believers for one month. On one occasion, Nabi Sallallahu visited the home of Sayyidina Ali and Sayyidina Fatima. And when he came in the home, he found Sayyidina Ali is not there. So he asked his daughter, Sayyidina Fatima, where is my cousin? So she says that there was something between me and him and he got angry and he left. So Nabi Sallallahu came out of the home and the Sahaba says, you could see he was perturbed. They asked, what's the matter of Nabi of Allah? He says, I'm looking for... Uh, my cousin, Ali. So they start searching around. Eventually, Nabi Sallallahu finds him in the masjid. So Ali is lying down on the floor in the masjid. Because there was no carpet in the masjid, it was dust. So some of the dust of the floor had come onto his body. Knowing that there was an argument between his daughter, Sayyidina Fatima, and Sayyidina Ali, he didn't get into the nitty-gritty of that. What did he say? What did you say? Okay, he's right, you're right. No, he resolved the issue with a simple statement. When he saw Sayyidina Ali, he said to him, Kum ya abatarab, stand up, O dusty man. So this is the title that Vishalsam gave him, that you cover in dust, O dusty man, stand up. And with this one statement, he resolved the whole thing. The Sayyidina Ali says that, Many people gave me different titles afterwards. But the one that when I just heard it, it would bring happiness to me was Abu Turab, the, the dusty man. So in one statement, Nabi Sallallahu then resolved this conflict. So in life, you may find, you know, your life partner, your spouse, you may have a similar temperament, but no two people are a perfect match. And therefore you're bound to have conflict. Difference of temperament. What brings conflict? Sometimes conflict comes about as a result of a misunderstanding. Someone said something and you interpret it in a different way. And there are many ways in which things can be different, interpreted. Like uh, someone said a statement, they said, a woman, without her, a woman without her man is nothing. A woman without her man is nothing. And another person came and said, a woman without her man is nothing. So it's one statement, but you've got two contradictory meanings coming from it. So in life, there will be moments where people misunderstand. You say, but that's not what I meant. And you explain yourself, but someone taking a worst possible scenario, it creates conflict. Another reason that we have conflict is unfulfilled expectations. The wife said, no, but I expected you to know that I wanted this. He says, but you know, I don't get why, I don't get ilham that I can read your mind. You must tell me. But many times, these expectations and 
without expectations, life will be void because you invest in your relations around you. And as a result of those investments, you have some level of expectation from the person. And there are moments where those expectations won't be fulfilled. I expected you to do this. You would have known better. You know what I like. And you didn't. So it creates a conflict. Sometimes it's just bad communication where a person doesn't verbalize. You say, just tell me what you want and I know what you want. So because of bad communication. Or sometimes you have a situation where two people have a different upbringing. Perhaps the wife is from a family that spend a lot. And the husband comes from a family that is more in tune to saving. So they have different values in terms of money. So all the time she's spending the money and he's trying to save money. It's going to create a conflict. You obviously got to find some middle ground and find some, uh, you, know, you, you know, come onto the, right, uh, the same page. But there are different reasons why we have conflict. Now, when we're in the heat of a moment, people then deal with conflict differently. And sometimes things that are said at that time, they say that's when the gloves are off. That's when you get the real feelings. But we're emotional, we're charged, uh, we are angry. Uh, you know, they say, speak when you're angry and you'll make the best speech that you'll regret the most. Don't say something today that you've got to apologize for tomorrow. So when, in those moments, we say things. And sometimes those things are so hurtful that it separates people forever. That, you know, what he said to me gave me a bad impression of what he really thought of me. That's why I can never, uh, you know, reconcile with that person. So in the heat of the argument, what do we do? Number one, always try to remain calm. Now, it's not just going to happen in the moment. You've got to precondition your mind that you need to remain calm when there's an argument. You need to make this your standpoint. You need to develop a pause button. So... It will come out of the blue where someone will provoke you. It may be someone on the road who just says something out of the blue or slams his brakes or cuts in front of you. There's been incidents where because of road rage, a man shot another man here in Port Elizabeth recently, shot him and killed him. Because one cut the other, he was angry. He said, I'll show you. He said, show me what? He said, I'll show you. Pull out his gun and he shot him. So we need to develop a standpoint that in the time of conflict, I will remain calm. Nabi Salsam was walking, and out of the blue, a Bedouin comes and grabs on him. And then he says to him, Oh Muhammad, give me from the wealth which Allah has given you. The Prophet Salsam said, You know, go speak to your father like that. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Jibreel comes to speak to me, and you want to talk like this? Nabi Salsam didn't respond that way. He was setting the benchmark for us. He looked at the man, he smiled, and he asked, what is the matter? And then he told those around, give him what he wants, make him happy. So the first point at the time of any argument is, remain calm. Because when you become emotional, then you lose the steering of your mind. That's the first thing. The second thing is, say less. Say less at that time, in the heat of an argument. Someone says something, someone did something, say less. Shabih bin Shuraib, Shubaib, Rahimahumullah said that if you hear something that you dislike, keep quiet. And that which you dislike will come to an end. 
But if you respond to that which you don't like, you will hear more of what you don't like. So the man swears you, you swear him back, he swears your mother. But you keep quiet, he won't get to the point of swearing your mother. Someone told Ahnaf bin Qais, rahimahumullah, was considered as the gold standard of tolerance, that if you tell me one thing, I will tell you ten things. So he said to him, that if you tell me ten things, I won't say one thing. Even if you tell me ten things, I won't say anything. So at that moment, whatever you say, it will provoke and it will take the argument further. And therefore, in the heat of an argument, the best thing is, zip it. Man samata najah. Nabi Sallallahu said, whoever is silent, he's successful. Later, emotions will calm down. Then you talk about it. The third thing that you need to do at the time of a heat of an argument is, whenever you have an argument, we focus on how can this person say this to me? What does she think of me? And we focus on that at the moment. But at those moments, you need to step back and say, but what is my relationship with this person? Let me just look at things in the bigger picture. Let me extract myself from the situation and look at things in the bigger picture. That we have a long-standing relationship. I've done many good things for her. She's done many good things for me. Am I going to throw all of that in the drain just for one statement? One person came to Sayyidina Umar anhum to complain about his wife, that she treats him, she speaks to him very badly. So he walks, he comes to the door of Sayyidina Umar. He's standing close to the door without wanting to eavesdrop. He hears the wife of Sayyidina Umar, Ummi Kulthum, who's the daughter of Sayyidina Ali, speaking to Sayyidina Umar very harshly. So he thinks to himself, I came to complain about my problem. The Amirul Mu'minin has the same problem. How is he going to help me? So he decides to go away. We're on the same boat here. So as he's leaving, Sayyidina Umar sees him. So Sayyidina Umar calls him back and says, Come here, what's the matter? So he tells him that, you know, I came to complain about my wife. Then I came here and I heard your wife shouting you. So I'm thinking that you have the same problem that I have. How are you going to help me? So Sayyidina Umar says, Yes, you know, our wives tend to be Harsh were their words. But I look at it in a different way. Number one, she is a barrier between me and haram. A halal way of fulfilling my desires. Number two, she protects my wealth. I'm gone to work, I'm gone out, she protects my wealth. Number three, she looks after my children. Number four, she washes my clothing for me. And number five, she cooks food for me. So in light of these five benefits that I'm experiencing, I tolerate her harsh words that she says, I keep quiet and listen. The man says that the bounties that you are experiencing, meaning I'm also experiencing that, and you've opened my eye to a different angle. So at the heat of an argument, at those moments to remember the bigger picture, Nabi Wasallam said, وَآشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ and deal with them in a good manner. And Nabi Salsam said that in any relationship, 
there will be qualities that you don't like and qualities that you like. So you need to overlook with regards to that which you don't like. Because overall, in the biggest sense, there's always goodness. So that is the third point. That in the heat of an argument, always look at the bigger picture. Take a step back and say, but what is the nature of our relationship? Think about the past good times that you may have had. Think about the good moments of the past. That is the third point. The fourth point is, adopt an attitude of tolerance. That I am a tolerant person. I will allow. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that, Man taraka al-kadhiba wa huwa batilun buniya fi wasatil jannah. Whoever leaves speaking lies, and even though he doesn't have a right, but he just says, I will never speak a lie, he will get a castle on the outskirts of Jannah. And whoever leaves argumentation, then that person will get a palace in the center of Jannah. And whoever beautifies his character will get a palace in the highest levels of Jannah. So let us aspire for that. I will tolerate. I will overlook. I will allow those around me that I don't have to have the last word. You know, one man said that my wife came to me and uh, I had a word with her and she had a few paragraphs with me. So let that be. That you will tolerate and overlook and allow for those around And then the fifth point with regards to an argument. And this is an abandoned sunnah that we're not aware of. The Messenger said, Takfiru kullu liha'in rak'atan. The kafara, the expiation, the atonement of an argument is to perform two rak'at salah. That you will have an argument, you will have an exchange. But what should you do after that? you should then perform wudu because that will calm you down. Make two rakat salah. And that is the sunnah way of acting and responding to an argument. Because argumentation will happen and there are negative consequences to it. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came out of his hujra mubarak with the intention of informing the ummah as to the exact date of Laylatul Qadr. And when he came in the masjid, Two sahabis were having an argument and then he went away and then he came back and he said, I had come out with the intention of informing you about the exact date of Laylatul Qadr but because of the ill effect of their argumentation, I had not informed you and it's now been taken away from me. Perhaps there's goodness in that, that now you should exert yourself in all the 10 days of Ramadan, the last 10 days. So as a result of argumentation, this is what happened. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that should I not inform you of what is higher than fasting and performing salah ta'ajjud the entire night. And the sahaba asked, oh Nabi Allah, what could that be? And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, reconciliation. Bringing people together. That is higher than all nafil acts of worship. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, should I tell you what is the destroyer of good deeds? And the sahaba asked, what could possibly destroy good deeds? And Nabi Sallallahu said, it is fasadu dhatil bain. When there's constant bickering and argumentation and fighting. 
That is what destroys the barakah and the goodness of all our actions. So we need to equip ourselves and be aware that it shouldn't be that, you know, when we get in a confrontational situation, we say, no, you know, you caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting it. Rather, we should be in a, in a position where we prepare ourselves. We know that if someone says this to me, this is how I will respond. This is my general way of responding to any provocation. And when we do that, then we prepare ourselves and we are better equipped to deal with any situation. So may Allah, Rabbul Izzah, grant us peace and harmony within our lives. And when there are situations of argumentation and confrontation, may Allah give us the ability to deal with it in an amicable and in a consolatory way. Wa akhir da'wana. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen.